What's going on? Yerks here. Good to be back after a couple days off. Uh, well, a couple days recording. Off recording. Anyways, welcome to another episode of Yerks Talks. Friday, I, 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 butcher, I almost said March. Uh, Friday, April 2nd. So happy, happy Easter. Happy April. Hope everybody has had a fantastic week. Uh, my week was a little bit hectic at the start, so things went kind of uh, off off the rails a little bit for me as far as what my plan for uh, for the episodes this week, and then my plan in general. I, I really didn't think it through. First things first, uh, March Madness was not taken into consideration at all when I came up with my plan about going... This is way back, probably start of March, where I was saying, all right, we're going to talk NFL leading up to free agency, then we're going to go baseball for uh, the second half of March, and it's going to be fine. And then I didn't consider that March Madness was happening, and I, ha I, I have to cover that. I have to. Like, there was just, like, a nagging voice, like, dude, you're not going to talk about March Madness? You have to talk about March Madness. And so that, in addition to some other things that happened this week, caused me not to record on Monday or Wednesday. But we're back again. Basically what happened, Monday I got called into work. I was sitting down. I was trying to formulate a plan to get through uh, previewing all the teams. And I got a call saying, like, hey, can you come in? And it was like, oh, man. And so, yeah, I went in. And then I already promised that I was going to work Tuesday. So I was, like, way behind. And I didn't want to throw out a video that was, like, an hour and a half long. I was like, you know what? We're just going to take time here and just back up and we'll just record something on Friday when opening day happens. And so that is what we're doing today. And yeah, it's going to be short and simple episode. We are going to talk a little bit about March Madness. Uh, Final Four is here. And I am bummed that I didn't really cover uh, the Elite Eight round or the Sweet 16 round, really. But I mean, that's just kind of how it shook out. But yeah, Final Four, so we'll preview those games. There's also another announcement I wanted to talk about in regards to college basket hoops. And then we'll talk about opening day, which was fantastic. Um, just having baseball back with fans in the stadium is awesome. So we'll we'll talk about some games around the league, and then we'll break down uh, the Padre game against Diamondbacks. We got uh, first one of the season. We are undefeated so far. And uh, yeah, going to need a lot of wins this year, especially... Uh, being in the National League, a lot of great teams this year. So, yeah, that is the plan for today. That is what we are going to do. Before we get into it, though, I did uh, – this is kind of messed up, right? I haven't been – haven't recorded this week at all, but uh still want to plug my stuff. But, yeah, uh, Yerks Talks, it's the name of the podcast. And if you want to follow that, uh, you can do so on Instagram, at Yerks Talks for that. You can also follow – on Spotify, subscribe to Apple Podcasts, also a, face, a Facebook page if you want to uh, get updates there as well. As for my Twitter, uh, you know, the Twitter game is not very good right now. I got to get better about tweeting. I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I just got to commit to doing it, I guess. But at John Yerkes, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's a lot of retweeting right now and likes and the occasional uh, you know, good, good, insightful tweet by yours truly. That's all I got right now at uh, John Yerkes for that. Okay, 
Before let, let's start with let's start with basket hoops, right? Just quick, quick, simple to the point. So, first piece of news, and this uh, this kind of bittersweet, I would say. So, uh, Roy Williams, who got um, his nine hundredth nine hundredth career win before the March Madness tournament started, uh, he uh, after thirty three years is going to be retiring uh, as the head batch of basketball coach at the University of North Carolina, which is just, it's crazy. It, it, I, I, I can't picture him not coaching basketball, right? I mean, I remember, like, I mean, he's been, I've been watching him coach since, shoot, like I was 10 maybe, and I was watching, like, college basketball a lot and things like that. So, some quotes from his uh, press conference. He said, you know, it's, it's been a thrill. I've loved it. Like, it's coaching. It's great. Uh, but And then an another quote that stuck with me was, was him saying, I no longer think I am the right man for the job. Which is, because I mean, I, I, you can make it, I think he's, he's great. He's fantastic. And I assume that he'll probably coach somewhere else, maybe at a, um, a smaller school. Which is something that um, Rick Pitino did, but I mean, of course, he was pushed out because of uh, like a scandal in Louisville. But uh, you know, he he now coaches at Iona, who was in the tournament this year, and like he loves it there. And so I I, I think Roy Williams maybe will will uh, take a year or two off of um, coaching, but I assume that he'll probably go back. Now he is he is very old; he's in his seventies. But yeah, just crazy to think. Um, of a new guy being in North Carolina. It'd be like if coach K like retired or something like that. It'd just be very strange. And it's going to happen eventually, but yeah, just one of the best college basketball coaches to ever do it. He's going to be a hall of famer. Uh, it'd be interesting to see him. It may be if he would um, like announce some games too, that would be awesome. But uh, yeah, happy retirement. If that is uh, the case, if he doesn't come back and coach, and yeah, it was a great. I just I loved I love him, love the guy. He was great in the Last Dance um, doc, uh, document. Why, why can't I say the word Docu document it? Oh my goodness, I can't say it. The Last Dance special on Netflix. I I think you know the word I'm trying to say for whatever reason. Can't say it today. No idea why. But yeah, he was great there. I always loved his uh, post game interviews. Fantastic guy. But yeah, let's get to the uh, the final four here. So four teams left. We got Houston, Baylor, 11th seed UCLA, and then Gonzaga. So uh, yeah, UCLA, they beat Michigan. Oh my goodness. This game was so frustrating to watch. Michigan had it. They just, they, they missed like their last eight shots. It was just free throws were missed. Like easy jumpers were missed. And then we had like a chance at the buzzer with Franz Wagner, and it was just not, it was nowhere near. So, yeah, but congrats to the Bruins. The uh, the Pac-12 proves they are the more superior uh, <laughs> conference. I mean, the Big Ten, like, with such high hopes, and they all get slaughtered, and then it's like Michigan has a chance. You know, don't overthink things. Just pick Michigan in this game, and the pac 12s like, no. UCLA rises up, and they're like, yeah. No, we were a dominant basket hoop school for a while and we want to reclaim that so now we're gonna go try to slow down gonzaga which nobody has been able to do if you have not seen the bulldogs play uh in this tournament uh saturday 
5.30. They'll be playing the Bruins, and they're going to blow them out of the water. They have been disgusting. I, like, these are good teams that they're playing, and they're just destroying everyone. It is absurd. Uh, the game before that, though, we got the two-seed. This should be a great game. The two-seed Houston, who not a lot of people know about, but just a consistent ball club. Uh, they've really... Um, They've been a really good tournament team like for the past like four or five years now. And uh, the one seed, Baylor, and I talked about in my March Madness preview, which, shoot, was that, that must have been like two, three weeks ago, that guard play is extremely important in March Madness in the tournament, and Baylor has three great guards. And so that's one of the reasons they've been so, so successful. And so, yeah, that game kicks off or tips off. At a two fifteen, so yeah, those are the. I if if I had, I want I want two one seeds going at it. I want Baylor. I want Gonzaga. Uh, I don't know. I mean, the Bulldogs are two games away from being having an undefeated season, even with the COVID shenanigans. That'd be incredible. But uh, yeah, I, I, part of me wants them to beat wants UCLA to beat them. The David the David versus Goliath scenario. But at the same time, it's like, nah, like let's let's have the Bulldogs. They deserve to win the whole damn thing. I mean, they they have been f- far and away the best team in this tournament. So, yeah, uh, make sure to watch those on Saturday. In addition to baseball, which we're going to smoothly transition to right now. See how I did that? That was great. Uh, so before we recap that Padres-Diamondbacks game, uh, there were some other stories around opening day that I wanted to get into. So. First, there were two games that were postponed, which, uh, considering that we're still kind of in the COVID thing, you know, things are kind of starting to open back up. Uh, you know, Texas is fully open. Uh, good for Texas. Come on, California. Get, I mean, I don't. we're going to be the last state, though. It's whatever. Anywho, so two games were postponed. One was due to weather. Uh, there was a rainout in the Orioles-Red Sox game. And then there was one due to uh, Corona shenanigans. Uh, the Mets and the Nationals, uh, Washington had three players or personnel test positive, so that got, that got postponed, too. I don't know when that series is going to start. The Orioles, Red Sox, hopefully weather permits today. Uh, that series will begin uh, this afternoon. All right, let's get into some some of the game zone, some of the things that stuck out that stood out for me on opening day. So the Tigers, Detroit, after uh, you know giving them some love in my uh, AL Central preview, uh, they got their dub in a in a blizzard. God, man! Not only do you live in Detroit, but also the weather. Like, oh man. It's just, sorry, Detroit. I honestly, I've never been. I'm sure it's a fantastic place. Anywho, uh, yeah, there was a blizzard yesterday. And so they they got the dub over the Indians, which was great. And then uh, Miguel Cabrera, this was the highlight for me. And there was a really cool shot um, of him hitting a home run in the snow. It was kind of like a slow motion. And it was uh, really great. So he's on the road to 500 home runs. And hopefully he gets it this year. And yeah, Tigers, enjoy this one. Because you're not going to get many more. The Blue Jays, they uh, beat the Yankees in uh, extras. Uh, they got the uh, the go-ahead run in the top of the 10th. Now, remember, the, uh, this year, some of the rules that were in uh, the shortened season last year carrying over. Unfortunately, not the DH for whatever reason. Uh, eventually, I think baseball is going to go that way. As much as I love, well, I get that like you don't want to change the game too much, right? And you want to, you know... 
what's I'm trying to think of the word here, but like you want to, you know, not stick to like your core traditional values and whatnot. But I mean, hey, like this this DH thing just needs to happen. All right, like is like let pitchers be pitchers. Let guys that can hit the hell out of the ball hit hit the hell out of the ball. All right, like that's boom end of story. Like that's how it should be. But yeah, so that's not in yet. But the stupid uh, extra uh, extra inning, you're gonna start with a runner on second rule is in there, which I hate. Uh, during the regular season, all right, I can live with it. I'm I'm just glad it's not in the playoffs. But yeah, it's just such a stupid. It just makes no sense. I, and I, you know, the reason is because they don't want games to go to like, you know, 15, 16, 17 innings. You know, they're trying to shorten the game a little bit. But if you want to shorten anything, shorten the amount. I mean, now maybe I'm I'm kind of pushing my luck here. But if you want to really shorten anything, I, we could cut down from 162 to about like 120. I'd be OK with that personally. Uh, I I think that'd be fine. But yeah, the Blue Jays, they beat, beat the Yankees 3-2. to two, And uh, typical Yankees, of course, they already have an injury. And this happened, I believe, last week. But Luke Voigt had talked about this, right, where uh, every year with the Yankees, it comes down to pitching. And if they're healthy and they're going to be without Luke Voigt, their first baseman, led the uh, league in home runs last year until May at the soonest. So he could be, he could be out longer than that. Um, he had... A knee, he had knee surgery to repair a partially torn meniscus. So, yeah, he could be out until May, maybe even a little bit longer. And I'm sure that he uh, will be joined by another Yankee player who will miss time. Looking at you, Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton. Stanton was horrendous yesterday, too. I think he was, I think he had, was it three strike? I, I could be wrong there, but yeah, he was really bad. Uh, the Cubbies, let's give some love to the Cubbies. Uh, when we can. Uh, unfortunately, they lost yesterday. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, he started his uh, in his first start of the season. Uh, not great. He'll be fine, though. And I think that with a lot of starters, you're going to see this. Going from that shortened 60-game season to now the full 162, uh, you're you going to have to re, like, like re-amp up to like, pitching that full 162. And so I think that there could be pitchers at the gate that struggle. But, the, I mean, Kyle Hendricks is one of the most consistent guys out there. You know, he doesn't have, like, ridiculous stuff. But he's just he's just a damn good pitcher at the end of the day. Like, that's what he does. So I, I'm, I'm fine here. But he only went three innings, three earned, three walks. which is very uncharacteristic for him. And they had four strikeouts. Uh, yeah, but they lost to the Pirates. Only uh, three runs on two hits. For the Cubs, and so I'm glad that they picked up. They picked up right where they left off, not being able to ma uh, manufacture runs and hit the ball, which is just fantastic. Going to be a long season in Chicago for the Cubbies, I feel. The Cardinals, another uh, NL team here, same division as the Cubbies. They look strong. Uh, they got uh, their first win of the season. Ton of great National League teams this year. Like I said earlier, I mean, there's oh man. You're going to have to win so many games, particularly in the National League, to make the playoffs because that's another thing that, that didn't carry over from last season was the expanded playoffs. So it's the regular playoff format, so less spots. And uh, so, yeah, uh, Goldie, Paul Goldsmith, and Norlin Arenado, they combined for six hits for St. Louis yesterday. Uh, the lineup looked good, looks really strong. Kansas City Royals. 
Uh, there's a team you don't want to sleep on. I talked about them in the, in the Central preview as well. Uh, they won 14-10. to 10. A lot of weird games yesterday. This one was uh, one of them for sure. The takeaway, though, for me, Wade Davis. Now, remember, they signed him on a minor league contract, so they're paying him practically nothing. He uh, got a two-out save for the Royals, and uh, I think that's great. He was out there, got two strikeouts. He, he looked. He looks really good. He had a great spring, and if he ends up being the way Davis he was a few years before he went to uh, before he moved on to the Rockies, if he can get back to that form, I mean the Royals have one of the best closers in the league potentially. This is a very sneaky Royals lineup. They don't, you know, on paper they like nobody like really stands out, but I mean as a whole, like with the bullpen. Um, the the starting pitching, like they they are just like a solid group, and they could really they could genuinely compete with the Twins and the White Sox. It's a very sneaky Royals team this year. The Astros got to talk about the garbage can uh, beaters. So they got booed again. They played the A's, and those guys have uh, they got bad blood over there. Uh, Carlos Correa was hit. I'm pretty sure it was intentionally, and uh, they got he. Uh, the fans gave, you know, standing ovation, right, for uh, them getting beaned. Uh, you know, I, I'm kind of over the Astros thing. Like, I, I'm not – I don't have, like, this big grudge anymore. Obviously, like, I don't condone what they did. It's still, like, a, you know, shitty thing. That they, But I, I'm, I'm over it. Like, there's a lot of players that aren't on the – that were part of that that aren't on the team anymore. I know you still have the core guys like Altuve and Correa and Bregman. But like I'm, I'm kind of like okay, whatever. Like, let's just play baseball. And there's one guy that does not give two shits about that, and he wasn't there. Um, and the, it was Zach Greinke, who looked great yesterday. Six shutout innings, only allowed three hits, no walks, and four strikeouts. So yeah, the Astros, you know, they destroyed the A's uh, without cheating, eight to one. And then we had a couple of walk offs. Uh, so the Mariners, they literally walked it off against the Giants. This was another wild game. Uh, the Giants were in control pretty much the whole time, and then the Mariners had a six-run eighth inning. Uh, the Giants got a solo shot in the ninth to tie it, sent it to extras, and then it was a. And then the Mariners bases loaded. He the batter gets walked, so literally walked it off and got the dub against San Francisco. Then you had the Phillies. They beat the Braves. Uh, Gene or John Segura, he had an RBI single that drove in the Harper, Bryce Harper. And then we had uh, the Brew Crew, the Milwaukee Brewers. They beat the Twins after rallying in the ninth to send it to extras. Orlando Arcia, he hits a ground ball to second. Lorenzo Kane's on third. He goes home. Throw the plate. Not in time. Kane. Slides in, beats the tag, Brewers walk it off, get their first win of the season. And you know who also who also got their first dub? San Diego Padres, baby. This was another wild game. This was insane. Uh, so I think throughout the regular season, we're going to have like a Padres segment, you know, as like we get closer to the draft with football. And I, I'm behind on some NFL stuff. I think next week I'm going to have to talk about some things like the Niners making that trade to move up to three and some other stuff that's been going on behind the scenes. I definitely want to do a mock draft um, either by myself or with a couple of friends. I think that would be really uh, 
really awesome. I'm just, I'm super into mock drafts. I love it. And um, definitely got to do some homework. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the Niners moving up. But let's let's stick with baseball for today's episode, okay? So yeah, I don't think I'm going to recap every single Padres game, obviously. Uh, but opening day, I will do so. But yeah, I think maybe we'll just stick to highlights in future episodes. But I definitely want to talk about the Padres all year. Whether it's like a, you know, maybe it's like we go more in depth. Maybe it's like a 5-10 minute. Or maybe it's just a quick like, hey, this is what the Padres did yesterday. They won. Or like, you know, some news, like injury news or things like that. So, yes, we had fans in Petco yesterday, which was great to see. It was a little little under 9,000 people. And, uh, yeah, it was loud. Like, it, it they, uh, you know, they, they spread it around due to the COVID protocols and whatnot, and yeah, this is a really entertaining game. I uh, unfortunately couldn't watch yesterday, but I listened to the radio, and man, we have such a great um, like broadcast team, number one, with Don Orsillo and then Mark Grant, but then also like our radio, like, oh my goodness, man, like uh, Jesse Agler, and then now Tony Wynn Jr. coming in, like it's, oh man, like we're just so spoiled, like with guys uh, doing the call for our games, it's just fantastic, man, and so um, yeah, you Darvish, he made his debut uh, yesterday. He was taking on Madison Bumgarner, who um, is now his his third his third start in a row against the Padres on opening day. And so Darvish on the hill first, obviously as the home team, and it, you know he uh, struggled a little bit in the first inning. Uh, he gave up um, a couple three hits. Uh, eventually gave up a run. Um, Cabrera single to left center, and then Marte stored, who just. There's, there's players that just, for whatever reason, against a certain team, they just always do well. And Cattell Marte just has the Padres number. Like, he is sensational against the Padres. He had a four-hit day. Uh, it was a triple shy of the cycle. Like, it's just outstanding. guy. He's, he's such a good player. He's fantastic. But, yeah, Darvish got out of it, only giving up the one run. Then bottom first we go, and Bumgarner looked great from the off. I uh, got the first guys one, two, three. Uh, top of the set. second, though, Darvish, he bounced back, only gave up one hit, no runs. It's good to see. And then bottom of the second is when Bumgarner started getting into trouble. Now, I don't really want to talk about the umpires too much because, again, like they, their spring train, they do, a, they, they go through spring training too, but it's a little bit different, right? It's way more lax. First game of the regular season. And based on what I was hearing from the radio, not not a great day by the lead umpire behind the dish. Wasn't fantastic. I mean, I think calls went both ways, but I think Bumgarner got the worst of it. And um, it wasn't in the second where he really started to bug him, but um, it uh, after this inning is when it kind of, he kind of started coming off the rails. So uh, Hosmer struck out to lead the second inning, but then Myers, who uh, is now number five now, I thought at first it was an April Fool's joke with Blake Snell. Um, but Snell number four, like he has like that number has significant meaning to him. And so he's trying to get it with Myers and then eventually they came to an agreement. So Will Myers now spotting, um, now sporting rather the number five. And, uh, he had a good day at the office. It's fantastic. But yeah, he worked, uh, a, a, a nine pitch walk in the second, which, uh, allowed Cronenworth to get a signal to the left. Got two runners on and uh, walked the bases loaded. And then that brought up uh, Victor Caratini, catcher that came over in the Darvis deal. He is used uh, 
personal catcher. He's also stepping in. He's going to be playing a lot early on here with Austin Nola being out. And uh, this is something you didn't see a lot of last year, uh, but our catcher actually producing runs. So, yeah, Caratini, he drove in the first two runs of the game with a single to center that brought home Cornworth and Myers, and that would end the second inning. We go to the third. Darvish, he was dealing again. Bottom of the third is when Bumgarner really started to come off the rails. It's when the, he wasn't getting some calls as well. Um, he got Machado struck uh, to lead off the third, but then after that, back-to-back homers, which we did a lot last year. There was Slam Diego, sure, but then there was also back-to-back homers. We were a big fan of that. You, you go back to the playoffs, you had Tatis and Machado go back-to-back, and that was outstanding. But yeah, so we got Hosmer. He hits the first one to right, barely went over the, fast, the fence, and then Myers, he homered to left, and this was an absolute line drive, like a just complete piss missile to left field. And so, so now it's 4-1. to one. Then Cronenworth works uh, works a walk, um, and then Profar grounds out but moves runner over to second. And then Caratini, after getting the first two runs of the game, he adds another one with the single to left. And, uh, yeah, so now it's 5-1 uh, through three, looking pretty good. And Darvish goes to the fourth, and he's dealing. He looked really solid again. Bottom four, uh, Bumgarner's still in there. And, this, and at this point, he's furious. Like, he's, he's not getting calls. He's very angry. Um, and then, yeah, uh, but they had another run on in the fourth, the Padres do, with uh, Ho- Hosmer, who loves opening day. He brings around Tatis, who uh, had a single to lead off the inning, hit, got his first hit of the season. Top of the fifth, though, we got a five-run lead, and this is where Darvish starts to lose it a little bit. So um, gets the first guy to ground out, which is great. And then Marte, who I mentioned, one uh, tr- a triple shy, shy of the of the cycle, he gets his home run here in the fifth to center, uh, and then um, you walks the next the next batter, and then Jace Tingler, manager, he comes out, and uh, Tim Hill's warming in the pen. He's a lefty, gonna be facing a lot of uh, lefties after uh, Walker, ton of uh, left-handed batters, and so yeah, you want that lefty on lefty matchup, but it was a sign of. Uh, not like respect, but, you know, Darvish, veteran guy, uh, used to going deep in games because he throws a lot of strikes, and so that pitch count normally stays low. But like I said, we're playing the full 162, and so guys need to get back to, you know, playing that amount of games. And so, you know, there's going to be some hiccups early and whatnot. And so Jace Tingler goes up there, and he talks to Darvish a little bit. He says, like, hey, this inning's yours. We got a four-run lead. Like, it's, it's fine. Like, it's, you know, like, it's okay. Um, so Darvish, it's his inning to finish. Unfortunately, could not get it done. He gets uh, Peralta to pop up, and then Cabrera after him hits a homer, to, a two-run homer to, to uh, right field, and now it's four to six. So Tim Hill comes in, two outs, and it's a ground ball to Tatis uh, from Escobar, and Fernando makes an error. Uh, it brings Hosmer off the first uh, the first base bag, and he's safe. And now I, I loved, I was listening to the radio, and so I love what uh, Jesse Agler was saying in this, where uh, Fernando will giveth more than he taketh away, and uh, which is true, because Tatis is just sensational. I mean, back in the fourth, he dodged. I mean, I don't know how he does this, but uh, it was a nice uh, throw from the catcher uh, to first, right, to try to get Tatis uh, 
you know, try to get him, like, going back to the bag. And Tatis does this, like, magician, like, sidearm, like, you know, like, goes sideways, tags with his left hand, and is safe. And it was just, like, you know, he's incredible when he gets on the, when he gets on base. Like, he's outstanding. Obviously, he's, um, he's a generational talent, man. Like, potentially, like, like, face of baseball, right? I mean, he's up there with Trout and Mookie Bat. Like, he's a guy that you think of immediately when you think about, like, when you're naming players in the MLB, right? But he makes this error in the top of the fifth. And, uh, you know, his defending got a lot better last season. Like, he made a huge improvement. And I guarantee you that he's the first guy out there that, like, is he's more upset than anybody for not making that routine play. And sure, like, maybe it was a little less than routine, but, like, for a player of Tatis's caliber, like, he has to make that play. And so that error would prove costly uh, because – Right after that, Castro would homer to left center, and then the Diamondbacks would go back to back and with a vote with a Voit or vote homering to right field. So yeah, Diamondbacks have a <clears throat> six-run fifth inning homer four times in this inning to take the lead seven to six. But then the one thing that uh, the Padres have always done um, since the start of last year is just score runs like this team is never out of games uh the fifth was quiet though and then the sixth uh keona kella came in for san diego and this i think was huge because diamondbacks they have the momentum now and kella who had a great spring training he comes in only gives up one hit no runs and uh yeah it was great that he was able to stop the bleeding basically and um that was a really good, really clean sixth inning. And then we go to the bottom of the sixth, and we got Topeka Marcano hitting, um, pitch hitting, making his debut. And uh, he was he worked a seven-pitch walk, which was really outstanding, especially for a player that's so young. He's only 21. He, I think when it came down to the opening day roster, it was between him and um, O'Grady. I think Marcano got it because he was just th- throughout the entirety of spring – he was hitting the ball, and so he was just more consistent. But it was really good to see his discipline at the plate here, right? Um, first uh, major league at bat, and he got the walk, which eventually led to the tying run. Uh, Hosmer singled to, cent- to center, which brought in Marcano, and that was fantastic to see. So, yeah, game side at seven, and then Emilio Pagan comes in for us, uh, gets the, uh, goes one, two, three with a strikeout, which is great. Bottom seventh. At Cronenworth, who just picks up right where he left off. Oh, man, how good is this kid, man? People were like, oh, yeah, we're going to bring in Sung Kim to play second, right? Cronenworth might not give it up. Like, he is just so damn good. Lead off triple, and then Profar drives him in with a sack fly. We take the lead 8-7. to seven. Go to the top of the eighth. Drew Pomeranz comes in, gets two strikeouts, only gives up one hit. He holds it down. Couldn't add any insurance runs after that in the bottom of the eighth. And then Mark Melanson, top of the ninth, he comes in. Great signing over from the Braves. We bring him, or yeah, the Braves. And he's just so, he's been on several teams now. And the guy is just consistent. He's just a great pitcher. He knows what he does. And um, Melanson is a guy that doesn't need to strike you out. And what I mean by that is, like, he is completely fine with getting you out, like, getting you to fly out, getting, like, you to, to, like, to hit a ground ball. Like, he, he, uh, there was a quote by him, and he was saying that, um, 
he wants to make sure that his defense doesn't fall asleep. It was like around those lines. And so, yeah, he gets uh, three guys out on uh, seven pitches, and he gets the save in his debut. Padres win 8-7. to seven. Fantastic game, man. It was it was wild. Glad that we won this one. Otherwise, you'd be like, you'd be saying like, oh, it's a missed opportunity. But yeah, man, this very entertaining opening day. Uh, it was you know great uh, radio radio broadcast. Is that correct? I don't know, but yeah, great call of the game by Agler and uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. They're going to be fantastic. Like I, I love that with like even like losing Ted Leitner obviously is huge. Like you know he's been the voice of the Padres for like, I mean, just forever. Right. But I mean, I think Agler has been great. And then, yeah, having like, um, Tony Gwynn Jr. In there now, like, like the nostalgia factor alone is like enough for me, but like, he's, he's, he's great as well. So yeah, I mean, we're just so spoiled in San Diego and oh man, it's great to start off the season with, with a win, especially because we're in the national league. And like I said, there is so many teams in the National League that are going to be great this year. And you're going to need so many wins. We know about the Dodgers, of course, who lost yesterday, which was great. Uh, the, the Padres, the Brewers, you got the Cardinals, you got the Braves, you got the Phillies, who could be good this year. You got the Mets. Like, don't 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 uh, count out the Nationals either. Uh, the Marlins made the playoff last year. Maybe they can make another push. I mean, you know, I hold out hope for the Cubbies too. Like you never know, man. But really good to get that that first uh, that first dub, that first one in the win column, and we're on our way to being one hundred and sixty-two and zero, which would be fantastic. Uh, so the big takeaway for me yesterday, though, the biggest one that stood out, um, I guess there's a couple, but the biggest one for me was that. Fernando Tatis Jr. and Manny Machado combined uh, were one for 10. And we still scored eight runs, which is outstanding. Uh, you know, obviously, Hosmer, he had a big day. Three RBIs. Cronenworth was great, too. Myers was awesome. Tommy Fan, did, uh, he got on base twice, worked a couple walks. I think he's great in that leadoff spot. Um, even when Grisham comes back, maybe you throw Grisham in that two-hole and you throw Fam in there at left field. Um, who knows? Uh, yeah, a ton of guys were great yesterday. Uh, Victor Caratini, uh, if we were handing out awards, he'd get a gold star, right? I think uh, that we just have not had offense in that position. So if he can consistently provide some RBIs um, from the catcher position, get a couple of uh, timely hits, you'd love to see it. Because, yeah, I mean, as much as we you know, loved Austin Hedges, uh, just offensively, he couldn't do anything. So, yeah, that was great to see. But, I mean, the fact that we provided eight runs without Machado and Tatis, like without them basically doing anything. I mean, like I said, they combined uh, one for ten uh, with four strikeouts. Tatis had three of them. I think he was doing too much yesterday. You know, gets that signs that fact contract. He's the face of... Uh, <clears throat> up-and-coming face, or if you want to call him the face, I'm here for it, face of baseball. Uh, he's on MLB The Show, the video game. He's been doing a lot of promoting for that. He's, you know, he's he's his, he's everywhere, right? And so now he's got that fat contract. He's got to perform. And I think that yesterday, opening day, uh, fans being there for, the, like, you know, for, like, the first time in a long time, a lot of emotion. I think that he was, like, 
doing a little bit like too much. I think he was forcing himself a little bit to go out there and make that like splash play on day one. And so I'm hoping that he, you know, comes into his zone, which I think he'll do. I mean, like, even though, like I said, he, that, that him being safe on that throwback to first, oh my God, like just watching him play, is just incredible. But yeah, I think that he needs to just calm down a little bit and just do what he normally does, which is just be like one of the best players in baseball. Darvish, he did struggle, you know, a little bit, but, uh, you know, four and two thirds, eight hits, four runs, uh, one walk, six strikeouts. So, I mean, you know, a little bit of a mixed bag, but I'm not, I'm not worried. Again, we're not going to really know how pitcher's doing until probably like three, maybe even four starts in, especially, like I said, like you're playing 102 more games. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, or, well, 100. I think it was 62 games they played, not 60. I could be wrong there. But, yeah, the bullpen after Hill was sensational. Now, to be fair to Hill, he should have been out of that inning with the air to Tatis, but Kella, Pagan, Pomeranz, and Melanson, four guys that, um, I guess you could consider any one of them could be a closer. But yeah, they combined four innings, only two hits, five strikeouts, and no runs, which you love to see. Pomeranz did strike out the side. Not sure if I mentioned that. But yeah, we go again today. On the mound for uh, the Diamondbacks, uh, I think it's is it Kelly is his last name. Not 100% sure. Uh, he was one of the best closers for the Diamondbacks last year. Uh, he had a... He was three and two with a two point five six ERA. I'm blanking on his name. I think it's I think it's Kelly. I gotta look real quick. We're kind of over time here, but I was excited. Uh, you know, first episode of the week, so yeah, it's okay. It's it's running a little bit long. And then uh, Blake Snell for us today, and I'm looking forward to his debut. Uh, we get a lefty in the rotation, which we didn't really have last year, and so that's great to see. Let me just double check. Yeah, Mer- Merrill Kelly who had a great 2020. He'll be starting for the Diamondbacks today, taking on Blake Snell. That should be another fantastic one. I think the lineup is going to be similar, if not the same. You could see Kim maybe get the start at second. Uh, you could maybe see Onya behind the dish instead of uh, Caratini. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. And hope let, let's, let's get a sweep to start the year, huh? That'd be fantastic. Let's get a little sweep going. Uh, Saturday, it's going to be Joe Musgrove on the, on the mound. And then Sunday, it'll be the Sheriff, Chris pattern so yeah baseball's back baby i'm excited like oh padres they get the dub yesterday hopefully many more dubs to come and uh we we win the whole damn thing this year that'd be that'd be perfect right that'd be fantastic all right we gotta end the episode it's a little bit too long uh let's get out of here so yeah thank you so much for listening next week uh we're gonna be back hopefully to a regularly scheduled programming i'll probably gonna have to dabble into football at some point here we are uh, less than a month away from the draft. Woo, so exciting about that. But, yeah, obviously baseball is back. Um, it's going to be awesome. But that is going to do it for me. Have a great Friday. Have an awesome weekend. You have to watch sports this weekend, right? Whether it's baseball, you got March Madness, Final Four. Watch that. Like, oh, my goodness, so many good sports uh, happening right now. Go watch some sports. You know the drill with that. And I will see you in the next one.